Hey guys, welcome to episode 6 of the Lift Fitness Podcast. So today's episode is just some of the audio which was taken from Kia's Live, which he did in the um, Lift Coffee Stop Facebook group chat. So if you get to the end of this and you do like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, be sure to hit up the link in the show notes, join up, and you should see a few more live videos coming in. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy Let's start off with a question. So this is what Matt asked. So is there value in building small incremental changes into a nutrition plan? Implementing this over a period of time. So I think what Matt was getting to with this, instead of making massive changes to your diet, which, you know, it's January, there's a lot of crazy diets out there. It's kind of what happens, you know, you get food meal plans or whatever it is and you go from eating a lot of kind of rubbish to eating like a little rabbit it's not sustainable and you have to make crazy changes remember what we're talking about this is just lifestyle changing this is changing your habits for the long term so is the value in building small incremental changes 100 this is essentially what you should be doing small changes equals big effects i'm going to give you some examples i always like using this main example, because it kind of really hits home with a lot of people, not necessarily the example itself, but just be how, it, how it kind of is. So it's an exaggerated example, okay? And we're going to use Brenda, okay? Brenda wants to lose some body fat. Brenda eats McDonald's three times a day. Okay, she goes to McDonald's three times a day. For easiness, she eats a Big Mac, fries, and a Coke. And it comes to 2,000 calories. So every meal she has, three a day, 2,000 calories, that is 6,000 calories she's consuming every single day. So instead of getting Brenda to then eat a crazy-ass meal plan, which she'll just not do, maybe for a week, and then she'll just go back to McDonald's, we're going to make some simple changes. The first one, change a Coke to a Diet Coke. Dead simple, right? Yeah, so let's say a Coke is 300 calories. She's then saved 900 calories in that day. Okay, she's made some changes. Great, Brenda's doing fine. Right, Brenda, we now need to make some more changes. So what we'll do is we'll start, you can still have your two McDonald's on your dinner and your, on your tea on night time. But what we'll do on your morning, we'll start changing this up a little bit. We'll start getting a bit more fiber in there, a bit more protein. We'll just start making that a better meal automatically that is going to start bringing the calories down and then we do it with the other meal and then the other meal and then we're always making these little changes all these little changes make a big effect and that's the thing a lot of people go wrong because they try to do everything straight away and i want to lose weight so i want the best training program i want the best nutrition program i want everything now and it doesn't work implementing little changes and moving from there okay so that would be kind of our class that as um the basics people just getting hold of the basics now we'll move it up a level so let's bring sally in so sally comes in sally has her meals kind of sorted out she's eating some good food now sally is still eating more a few times a day but she's still not losing some weight all right so we'll have a look at sally's food just you know there's decent food in there it's quite structured but we are sally sally do you know how many calories are eating not really, but I can't lose any weight. So she's got things like mackerel, avocados, all good foods. Yeah, 
So we get Sally to then track her calories. Sally tracks her calories and comes back and says, shit, I didn't realize there were so many calories in mackerel and avocados. There's loads of calories in there. I'm eating 2,000 calories a day. I have three, 4,000 calories a day and I didn't even realize because all the food she was eating was very, very healthy. Avocados, mackerel, great foods. But you've got to understand it's the energy that you're taking in. So as soon as we start getting Sally to track her calories, she then realizes she's over-consuming. So the foods that she's eating may be good, in theory, but the energy is too high. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how nutritious the food is. If it's too much, you're going to get fat. It's that simple. Yeah. So what we get Sally to do is just track her food. The food quality doesn't matter too much at the beginning because it's all about the quantity. It's bringing that quantity down. And once she gets the hang of the quantity and she's got her energy balance back down, she can move on to the next stage. So the next stage, this is where Dave's at. So Dave, Dave has his energy balance spot on, but Dave wants to start changing his body composition a bit more, okay? He's training, he's doing some strength training because that's the best thing to change in your body composition. And he wants to get a bit more specific with his nutrition. So what we do with Dave, we start tracking his macros. The most important macro, so he's got his energy, the most important macro is protein. So the first thing we get Dave to do is focus on his protein. We're going to eat adequate protein because when he's eating protein, that's going to help with his, um, <clears throat> it's going to help him retain his muscle mass. It's going to help him develop muscle. It's going to help him. It also increases your TEF, which is your thermic effect of food. So with protein, if you're eating protein, it actually increases your metabolism. So you burn more calories just by eating protein. Just not all just protein, by the way. There's a you know there's another limit. Um, so that's where Dave's at. So Dave's spot on. Dave's pushed his protein up. His carbohydrates and his fat, don't worry about them. It really doesn't matter. Unless you really focus on sports-specific or really performance in the gym, then you can get more specific with your carbohydrates and fat. Don't worry what that split is. It really doesn't matter. The other thing I would want Dave to focus on, though, would be his fiber. Okay, Fiber is... Super important because it's really good for bowel movements, uh, making it regular, has a lot of nutrients in it as well. So if we're thinking about fibrous foods, then we're thinking about um, whole grains, fruits, veggies, and they all have loads of uh, vitamins in it. So if you can hit your fiber intake, then awesome. You're going to have a lot of nutrition. Then then comes Claire. Claire has to do all, all these things. Um, she's got a protein on target. She's doing um, energy balance. She's doing everything. Then we can take clear up with the more advanced stages where you come more calorie cycling. And we're going to get too much into this tonight because that's not what this is for. This is more for you to identify where you're at. So we'll go back to Matt's question about small incremental changes. Yes, small incremental changes, that's your starting point. Make some start, make some changes. You know if your diet, if it's full of flipping McDonald's and Coke and loads of alcohol and stuff like that, and you just need to make them big changes, make them changes, and that's going to make a huge, huge effect. Then move to the next stage, then start tracking your calories. How much energy are you actually taking in? Work on that. Then move to the next stage. Okay, get really specific. Now we're talking more about body composition. Start eating more proteins and get your fibers in. And then after that, you can go more to calorie cycling, which is more of an advanced protocol. Hope that made some sense.
Um, who got answer your question, Matt? Is batch cooking and food prep one of the best approaches to ensuring you're creating a calorie deficit? If food prep works for you, then yes, it is. If food prep doesn't work for you, then no, it's not. I'll use myself as an example. I do not prep. I just I can't do it. I haven't got the time. And to be honest, I don't really want to make time to do it. I have better things to do. What I do, this is just me personally, what I do is I have a fridge full of good quality foods, meats, veggies, eggs, all these kind of things. As good quality foods. If your house is full of things like breads, um, crisps, chocolate, then you're going to struggle. I'm really kind of, I do things on the hop. I literally, I'll come in, I'll look on the fridge, what can I bang in a pan? If it takes longer than 20 minutes, I'm not interested. I want to get in the fridge, get some food out, cut it up, put it in a pan, and eat it. That is me. Other people, they can prep food. They can spend the whole Sunday cooking in batches and putting in fridges and the little Tupperware boxes. Kind of do that. Got no intentions of doing that, but if it works for you, awesome. You don't need to prep your food for it to work. You've just got to understand energy balance. And the biggest thing is, honestly, is everybody should at some point, and I really do believe this, track the food. You don't have to do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. But if I really want to get specific with my nutrition, I will track my food. That is a given. I've done that leading up to my holiday in Tenerife, just gone. I tracked religiously. After that, I didn't. I didn't track over Christmas. But what you do is you start building up patterns. You start building up some structure with your foods. So I can kind of put foods together now and I, and I roughly know what the calories are in it. I start gaining weight when I start snacking in between. That's generally when I start putting a little bit of body fat on because you start getting maybe a few crisps, a few chocolates that shouldn't be in there like you do over Christmas. So then all I need to do is I just need to take them out and I'll start cutting back down again. But then when I get specific, I track my food. So if you don't have a good understanding of food, track it. Seriously, track it. See how you get on with it. And then you just take it from there. Identifying goals. Okay. Info around strength training and muscle gain. So I know Claire spoke to you this morning about this um, briefly. So a lot of people, you know, identifying goals around this time of year is pretty good to do. So it gives you something to focus on for the rest of the year. With fat loss, for a lot of people, not everybody's the same, but fat loss is a lot quicker to do than building strength and building muscle. Okay. You can get results much quicker with fat loss and this is why if you see like a challenge we just done sexy for santa okay sexy for santa is so much easier and quicker to have people lose body fat than is building muscle and strength because muscle and strength takes ages to do and it takes a lot of, it's like growing a beard well if you want to grow a beard you've got to persevere it's not going to happen overnight you're not going to happen in a month you've got to grow that baby for a long long time for it to work and it's the same with building strength and building muscle. You've got to persevere with it and you've got to focus on it. This is why I like focusing on maybe body parts. So again, back to me personally, I've worked a lot of time for the past year building my shoulders because I've always been quite slender. Um, I've always had quite a, like a, quite a barrel chest. So my shoulders have been quite slender, so it gives us a bit of an odd shape. So I have worked a lot on work of building my shoulders up. I still work on everything else. 
but this gives me focus yeah as opposed to just coming to the gym and just lifting for the sake of lifting or getting strong for the sake of getting strong focus on something uh if you want to get better with squat get better with squat if you want to build your glutes build your glutes if you want to i don't know um build better arms build better arms build bigger shoulders whatever it is if you focus on that it gives you that purpose it gives you that focus to do that and what you can do is so let's go for from a body composition point of view look over 12 months so create a macro cycle and cycle your calories and again this makes it a little bit more interesting as well so let's say you cycle your calories over the course of 12 months what you can do you can then do is you can break this down so you can break that down into um, a mesocycle so what a mesocycle so your macro cycle is a big cycle this is your year this is your year okay then your mesocycles these are like your you could say months and then you have your micro cycles which are your weeks or your days yeah we'll not worry too much about that in a minute but let's just say your macro cycle and then we'll break it down to mesocycles so we'll break it down into months and we'll say okay we'll maybe spend two months building some muscle you might then go through a month of cutting down and getting rid of a little bit of fluff um and then you could maybe spend some time in a maintenance phase and what happens when you're in your maintenance phase um, which i'll get to in a minute in one of the other questions i've got but in your maintenance phase it's quite a good phase which you can go through because you can it's a funny phase because sometimes you can build muscle and burn fat at the same time which physiologically is impossible but weird things happen when you're in your maintenance phase um claire again i'll use you as an example uh so claire just done sexy for Santa. she got quite lean um very lean lean as she's ever been um and now she's put she didn't track it all over christmas she did leaning up working up to the end of the sexy for Santa, she really tracked her calories got really lean come to christmas and she didn't track and you know self-admitting she ate a little bit more than she did in the sexy persona over Christmas, but didn't gain any weight, and her calories went right up. Yeah, so good things and weird things can happen when you kind of go to your maintenance stage. So it's worth putting these in there. So you can you could do this over the course of the year. So you're not just focusing on building muscle for the whole twelve months because it can get a little bit boring. So you can just say, okay, I'm going to spend twelve months, maybe work, uh, two months working on a specific body part if you wanted to, and then cut down lean up your focus changes from muscle building to fat loss makes it a little bit more exciting gives you a different purpose and you go to maintenance back up the building there's nothing set in stone you can create this however you want to create it but it's something that you can kind of think about all right as important as supplementing with protein to strength train so if you're taking creatine is this as important as taking as supplementing with a protein powder in short no creatine is an energy okay protein is a nutrient protein is super important for building muscle repairing muscle retention of muscle and it does a whole lot of other things in your body it's an essential macronutrient if you didn't eat protein which Every single food does contain protein, but let's just say you didn't eat any protein, your health would deteriorate very, very quickly. And you could die. Creatine is just an energy. This is not essential. But it, it is important. There is three energy pathways that your body naturally 
has. So you have your oxidative system, okay? This is where you use oxygen. This is every day walking around. Um, maybe you go for a little easy jog um, or you do some bike riding, something like this. That's your oxidative system. Your body uses carbohydrates and fat in this phase, but it can only be used, it's, only, it's, it's powered by oxygen. Okay, so you, you take in oxygen, it starts metabolizing um, or helping your body metabolize carbohydrates and fat to produce energy, which is called ATP, but we'll not get too far into that. Then you have your glycolytic system or your anaerobic system. This is when you use um, glucose as your energy system. And this kind of lasts, this is when you go past the oxygen stage and you start using carbohydrates basically as your energy system this lasts for about 90 seconds okay so you can think about this if you're doing something like i don't know maybe it's a 500 or a thousand meter run uh maybe you're doing yeah in june sets in the gym so it's sort of 10s 15s up to 20 reps you're using your you're using carbohydrates to fuel this yes you still use oxygen but you're potentially using uh, carbohydrates and then you have your phosphate system this is where your creatine comes in now this only lasts about 10 seconds the way to think about this is a sprinter when somebody sprints or that so you saying bolt saying bolt does it in about eight and a half seconds or whatever his world record is he's pretty much just using creatine to power himself through to that finish line so creatine if you think about creatine it's power yeah it's power. If you can create power, you can build strength. And this is how it kind of helps with building muscle. Now, creatine is the most researched supplement ever. There's like thousands and thousands of studies on creatine. Um, and it is, it's, it's, it's awesome. It really is awesome. But you do have people who are non-responders. I don't respond very well to creatine. I never have done. Some people take it and they get unreal results. Um, so it's kind of with creatine, it's taking it and seeing if it works for you. It's not essential. Again, going back to that very, very first question, get everything else sorted out first. But protein is so much more important than creatine, 100%. Creatine is one of them supplements once you get everything sorted and you want to go that little bit further and start putting the cherry on top of the cake. Creatine is one of them supplements. What it also does, and there's a lot of research coming out with this now, has a lot of um, benefits for cognitive function and memory and these kind of things. I think the research is relatively in its, it's in its early stages, but you know, if you didn't want to take creatine for its strength purposes, it could be worth taking for this purpose. Yeah, but it is probably the most the safest supplement you can take as well because it's been researched that much. Hope that answered that, Gosha. I'll say this question and I'll kind of try to summarize it a bit. If A is a target to lose fat and B is a target to maintain fat where it is and increase lean tissue, okay, then should A be reduced food, reduce food and do weights and B, excuse me, Increase food and do weights. So I'll break that down, make that a little bit easier to digest. 
So if A, so if this if A is your goal, is a target to lose fat, should A be reduced, reduce your food and do weights? So if you want to lose fat, should you reduce your food and do weights? Yes. Yes, you should. Um, because weights are awesome for changing your body composition. Uh, weights are awesome for improving your life strength. Um, what life strength is, if you haven't heard me use that term yet, this is just getting you through life, making you better than you can be in life. Imagine this is your life here. Yeah, this is everyday life. You don't do any strength training. You, you here, you're here. Um, everyday life, you perform at this level, okay? When you do strength training, this takes you up to this level. When you're at this level, and you perform like this in the gym, this becomes a lot easier. If you don't do this and you're here, life's tough. Life is hard. You're tired at the end of the day. You want to go to sleep at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If you do strength training and you look after yourself, you live, you train here, this becomes so much easier. So, yes, yeah, so reducing your calories and lifting weights is good for losing body fat. But this brings us to B. So B, if B is a target to maintain fat where it's at, and it is to and create, oh, hold on, is, okay, if B is a target to maintain fat where it is, and increase lean tissue should you increase your food and do weights so from that side of it then if you wanted to add muscle and from going from that question keep fat how it is okay but add some lean tissue should you increase your food and do weights at the same time so to add muscle you need to increase your food okay there's only two scenarios where this is not going to happen. One, if you're a newbie to strength training, you've never done it, you can add muscle mass in a calorie deficit. Two, if you take performance enhancing supplements, let's say steroids, then yes, you can be in a calorie deficit and still add some muscle. For us, people who've been doing it for a while and don't take steroids, Hopefully not. Then, by the way, if you do take steroids, it's entirely up to you. I don't judge. You, you need to eat more calories, yes, and it's going to become a little bit of weight gain with that. This is why if we go back to calorie cycling, you can kind of offset that a little bit. If you want to add some muscle and you want to add a little bit of strength, then you have to accept that you're going to put a little bit of fluff on. It happens. You're going to lose your abs if you've got abs. It's going to happen. But that's fine. You can do that. Because then you do go through a little bit of a phase where you do a little bit of a cut and get rid of that little bit of fluff. Yeah. I hope that made sense, John. If it didn't, I'll elaborate a bit more on that. All right. Um, so this is the last question. And this is from Darren. Uh, basically, he was just looking for some ideas. So he looking for food it takes for his bait at work. Um, that's high protein, low calories, and convenient. Convenience is my skill. Seriously, I did say it before. I'm just a creature of habit, and a lazy one at that. Right? Like I said before, I cannot be bothered to stand and cook 
two hours at a time. I don't care how good it tastes. I just don't want to do it. Okay. I want it to be convenient. I want things that are convenient. Um, what I would say is, Darren, don't worry about it being high protein with everything that you're eating. Just make sure that you're hitting your target of protein over the course of the day. Yeah, so don't kind of stress too much if the food that you put together isn't necessarily high in protein, because as long as you hit your protein target from getting up and going to bed, you'll be good. But I have put together a few examples. So if you have a pen, you might want to write this down. Um, cheese and an apple. That probably sounds disgusting to some people. It's actually quite tasty. And it takes 30 seconds to make. What I do is I cut the apple up, eat some apple, eat some cottage cheese, or put the cottage cheese on top of the apple. It's very nice. Oats, almond milk, and a protein powder. Again, this is probably one of the things that I, I, I had this for my breakfast nearly every morning. I put some oats in a container, take some almond milk to work, I put some protein powder into me oats, I mix it in dry, I put some almond milk in, I mix it up, I put it in the microwave for a minute and 40 seconds. Yes, it's that precise. And it's done. That probably takes, including the one minute 40 seconds in the microwave, that probably takes two minutes. Deli meat, cheese, and beetroot. Honestly, this is like one of my favorite meals. It's so simple, and I only came across it. I've always liked cheese and pickled onions. It's like the Christmas treat. Um, but I came across this when I was cutting down, I think it was the beginning of the year, when I've done many cut at the beginning of the year. Um, on a night time, I had something like 300 calories to eat and I had to get a little bit creative. So bought some deli meat, some cheese and beetroot. And it's like my favorite meal, it really is. It's absolutely delicious. Again, takes 60 seconds. Anything out of a slow cooker. Seriously, if you can just bang some stuff on a slow cooker, um, stick it on for half an hour, half an hour, stick it on for a few hours. Um, you could get three or four meals out of that. Easy. That might take a little bit more prep, but again, one of the meals that I would do, slow cook steak, bash it in. If you wanted to, you could actually put some herbs and spices on that and give it a quick fry in the pan just to brown it a little bit, but it's not essential. Peppers, onions, whatever veggies you want, bang that in. Tin tomatoes, um, whatever spices, switch it on for six, seven, eight hours. Easy. You know, you could probably make that within 10 minutes. Easy. Um, Greek yogurt, protein, and berries. Again, get some Greek yogurt, protein powder, mix it in, put some berries in. Takes a minute, delicious. Another one that I take at work uh, meat, rice, and frozen veggies. Now that sounds really boring, but what you can do, alternate your meat. I just change your meat sauces, that makes it a little bit more interesting. You can change your frozen veg as well. This is the good part. Get a, a low calorie sauce. Okay. Um, I can't remember what site it is now. Um, Suzanne, if you're listening to this, Suzanne Monty, if you're listening to this, can you put the link on to that site? I can't for life as remember what it is, but they've got zero calorie sources and there's like an abundance of them. You can get sweet chili, you can get Korean chips, you can get custard, there's loads. You can get everything. Um, even if it wasn't low calorie sauce, use a little bit of cal use a little bit of sauce, 
use different flavored sauces because it just makes it so much more interesting. Don't be afraid to use sauces. You can, you can use them. The problem is, is when people start cooking in sauces. So let's just say, let's take sweet chili sauce, for example. If you, so if I was to cook this or put this in the microwave, I would use about 20 grams of sweet chili sauce. Works out at about 40 calories. Okay. The problem is, is when people start using 200 grams of sauce or 300 grams of sauce, and it becomes more sauce than it does filling. That's the problem with cooking the sauces. So when you buy these jars of sauces and you've got sort of tomatoes and cheese and all these kind of things, and the jars like 500 calories before you even get your food in it. That's the problem. When you use these sauces just to taste, it's absolutely fine. Nando's sauces, you know, sweet chili sauces, teriyaki, whatever, just use it. Soy sauce, mix it in, get experimental. Again, what I do, bash everything in a pan, get a sauce you haven't used for a while, put it in, see what it tastes like. It might taste like absolute crap. I right, just don't eat it again. Do something else. That's how I cook. All right, um, a protein bar and a piece of fruit. Dead, dead simple. Grenade bar, whatever protein bar you want, and a bit of fruit. Easy, it's convenient. Um, you know, you're getting decent nutrition from that. It's absolutely fine. Another one, packed sandwich. All right, use some low-calorie bread. Put some meat in it. Put loads of salad in it. Again, a lot of people are scared about going to have sandwiches. They're thinking of eating the sandwiches. It's a bad thing. Not if you focus on energy balance. It's absolutely fine. Eat a sandwich if you want a sandwich. What I would say is, is you know, you can you can get bread, I think, off the top of my head. If you use like seeded bread, you know, that's classed as healthy because it's got seeds on it. Say 200 calories a slice or 150 calories a slice or whatever it is. Ridiculous. You can get bread that's less than 100 calories a slice. So you could quite easily make a sandwich under 400 calories. Simple, you know, pack it with low calorie meat. You're going to get some fats from the bread anyway. Put loads of salad in it. It's tasty. <clears throat> and that's, that's kind of what you need to do. And that was, that was the last question. 